we've come together today to celebrate and remember the birth of Jesus Christ. And we're in a series right now entitled Life and looking for direction in life. There's a picture on the screen with the word life and then a splosh of paint across it with a maze behind there. And each of those things is symbolic. There's some symbolism behind that because what we see is life is filled with choices. It's like a maze. There's choices. You don't know whether to go left or whether to go right, up or down, back or forth. And many times we go down a certain way. We find out we're going the wrong way. We have to turn around and go the right way. Life is filled with choices. Also, the splotch of the color is a symbolic behind the fact that life is really messy. Now, I realize we've all come together today and everything looks nice and smooth and happy and joyful. But reality, life is really, really messy. There's people within our church family, and within our community that are celebrating today, but also some people in our church family and our community that are grieving they're grieving over loss. They're grieving over, over diagnosis. Of, we have a number of people within our church family that have been diagnosed with cancer recently. There's some things going on in people's lives. You think life is messy. Life is not smooth and easy. Life is filled with splotches of messiness. So where do we find direction for this life? How do we know where to go? How do we know that we're going the right way? Well, this morning, I hope this is an encouragement to you. This is our fourth message in the series, and we've been going and using the word life, L-I-F-E, and breaking it down. And breaking it down with the light of Christmas, the Emmanuel, as in God with us of Christmas, the favor, and this will be on the screen, the favor of Christmas, and also finally, everyone Christmas together. And so as we've come together this morning, I want you to discover there's a gift for you this Christmas. In a moment's time, I'm going to open in prayer. I'm going to invite you to pray silently along with me. And maybe you've come today and you're celebrating something. And thank God for that. But maybe also you're here today and you're grieving. There's uncertainty. There's messiness in your life. There's messiness in the world around us. And you are feeling overwhelmed. Well, I hope that today is a day that you discover the light and the Emmanuel and the favor that it's for you as well as for everyone. If you have your Bibles this morning, open to the book of Luke, chapter number 2. We're going to be there in just a few moments' time. And behind me are some gifts. Now, I realize that these gifts are just empty boxes because i've already tried them and shaken them they're just empty boxes so don't get too excited but anytime that you see a gift and maybe you're like me that now that you are an adult it's not quite as exciting as it used to be but you see gifts and you can recognize how nicely wrapped they are and you can recognize how the folding is so precise and the ribbon is just tied perfectly that's why i wrap no presents in my family my wife does it all for me And it's all wrapped perfectly. And you can recognize how good that looks. But you don't really get that excited about seeing a box with wrapping on it. Until you find out that that gift, that present, has your name on it. 
There's a very different attitude and a very different expectation when you know that gift has your name on it and it's for you. And you begin to look at it very differently. And that's exactly what's happened with the shepherds and the angels coming to them. And we're going to talk about them and their response. There's a particular line that that is given by the angels to the shepherds. And then from that, we're going to make some application from our life, from the response of Mary, how she responded to the angels coming. In Luke chapter number 2, verses 10 and 11, it says, And the angels said to them, this is the angels talking to the shepherds, Fear not. Now, first line right there. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Now, I like to think about any time I read the scripture to humanize it. What are these people going through? What were they expecting this particular night? Now, as a shepherd in the first century in Israel, historically, if you were a shepherd, your father was a shepherd and your grandfather was a shepherd. Your great, 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 great grandfather was also a shepherd. You were in literally the family business and you really hope that you're born into a family of something that was really exciting and good. But the shepherds, they were seen as people that were outcasts. They were they were I'm sorry if you are a sheep farmer here today, but in the first century, you were not seen and esteemed very high. You were actually ceremonially unclean and unable to enter into the temple for worship because of your uncleanliness. And you had to go through all these ceremonial things in order to cleanse yourself before you were able to go in. There was a number of things that set the shepherds aside. And they had gone through the motions of being shepherds. They knew what to expect. They knew the hills because they've been doing it for generations. They knew what to expect at night. They knew how to protect their sheep, put them into the sheep folds. They had the routine down. And then all of a sudden, on one particular night, an angel appears and brightens up the sky. And you imagine, when it says, fear not, it's because those guys were terrified. You begin to humanize this a little bit, and you realize these men have been going through the motions. Oh, another night. The sheep are safe. Time to go to sleep. Boom! The lights turn on. The angel appears and says, Fear not. And then the angel continues and says, Behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Just like the gift You can see that gift and go, that's great. Someone's going to experience good news. Someone's going to experience great joy, but it doesn't have my name on it. And there's a particular line given by the angel there, and I have it underlined on the screen, for all the people. Did you know that includes you? You can put your name in there. There's good news and great joy for, and put your name in. My name's Michael, for Michael. And it says, where do we find that good news? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. These shepherds who were socially outcasts, they were not seen upon as very reputable and high esteemed people in their society, had been given the best news they could ever receive by the angels. And of course, after that, the angels gather together and begin to sing praises to God. They run and they leave their sheep behind and run into Bethlehem 
in order to see this Savior, this good news that's going to bring great joy. That's the shepherds. They had a response to this good news that changed their lives for eternity. In a similar way, we have Mary. When she was confronted with this good news by the angel Gabriel, she also had a way to respond. And every Sunday we have a principle that we seek to apply to our life. And today's principle is this. God invites me to receive the gift of mercy. That word mercy is what we're going to be focusing upon this morning. And if you can need to visualize, because I'm a visual learner, so I like to be able to visualize things. If I could visualize that gift from God with my name on it, inside of that, that gift is a gift of mercy from God. The word mercy literally means to not receive the punishment that I deserve. That's the word mercy. To not receive the punishment that I deserve. And so as you consider this and to think about God invites me to receive the gift of mercy, I want you to think about this today. Maybe you've already received that gift and today's the day where you go, thank you God for this wonderful gift that I'm never getting tired of and I'm continuing to enjoy and continuing to live in. Or maybe you're the other side. Maybe you have yet to receive that gift of mercy. And today could be that day. Today could be that most wonderful day when you receive the gift of mercy from God. It's important to recognize the gifts. So often, if you're like me, I've heard this message my entire life. And my dad's a pastor, so therefore, guess where I was every single Christmas my entire life? I was in church. And guess where I was every single Sunday? I was in church. And you, we get to hear things, and we get tired of them after a while, and it becomes normal. And we forget the wonderful gifts that we have. Here's a little video to illustrate that. <laughs> I'm alive! I'm alive! important to recognize the wonderful gifts that we have 
from God. And it's easy to become used to them and the simple, seemingly mundane things of life. Wouldn't it be wonderful to get excited about them? I'm going to wrap my children's toothbrushes and they'll be excited about them. And wrap, <laughs> here's your toilet paper. And, and you, you, the seemingly normal things. Well, that's what mercy is sometimes like. It rolls off our tongues. And maybe you know some Bible words like mercy and grace and hope and joy and peace. And we roll off our tongues so smoothly and we fail to recognize that makes a tremendous impact in my life. We'll look at Mary. We were in chapter number two of the book of Luke. Let's go to chapter number one. And we're going to see Mary's response. The angel Gabriel has just come to Mary, shocked and surprised her with the news that she's going to be the mother of the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And she responds in a very natural way. She responds with the word, how? That's very, very natural. She responds with how in verse number 34. How will this be? a very legitimate question and maybe you're in that position right now when you are seeing the gift of God and you can recognize in your your mind you say I can believe and I can recognize that God has a gift with my name on it but then you're thinking but how how will this be For the angel Gabriel came to Mary and he began to explain to her how she was going to conceive and bear a a son and what was going to happen there. And the end of that conversation that Mary had, Mary responds with, let me be the servant of God. She's basically saying, God, whatever you want to do in my life, I am willing to accept that. But maybe you're in that similar position. You hear words like mercy not receiving the punishment that you deserve. And you're thinking to yourself, but I'm different. I've done, you start listing off in your mind, and I'm not your judge, and I don't need to know all your junk in your life. But you begin to rehearse in your mind all the junk in your life, all your failures, all your sinfulness, all the things that naturally are separating you from God and His will from your life. And you're thinking to yourself, I can see that there's a, there's a gift with my name on it, but how can it possibly be? Because I know who I am. Mary responded, first of all, with how. But after she began to understand and, and trust and believe the words of the angel, and believe God and His word, she turned her how... To her second response, her second response was, wow. Now, naturally, it rhymes. So she changed from how to wow. The second half of Luke chapter number one records a song of praise by Mary. And in this song of praise, she begins in verse number 46 and says, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. She changes her attitude from how can this possibly be? How could God know me? How could God love me? How could God have mercy for me? To turn that around and saying, wow, look what God has done in and through my life. Do you know you can do exactly the same thing? You can go from the how could God ever do this and turn it around into the wow, God, look what you've done in my life. 
As a believer in Jesus Christ, I trusted Christ as my Savior as a young child. And in the, the simplicity and the beauty of a child's belief, I trusted Christ as my Savior. And I went from a how to the wow. And so, therefore, when I pray to God, I'm not praying, God, will you please give me that gift again? Because I already have the gift. Now I pray and say, God, thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for your mercy upon my life. Thank you that I'm not receiving the guilt that I deserve or the punishment that I deserve. So it turns it from a how to a wow. And I hope today you're in the wow stage because certain things you never want to get tired of. If you're married, you never want to get tired of your spouse. You always want to be in the wow stage. You don't want to return to the <laughs> what is she doing stage? The how? You want to remain in the wow. As my wife's in the room, I say that smiling. In a similar way, our relationship with God, we want to remain in the wow. And that's where Mary finds herself. That definition again of mercy. Not receiving the punishment that I deserve. In verse number 50 of that passage, Mary continues on her song of praise. She says, his mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. And I want to encourage you with something. If you're in the how stage, according to the Bible, this mercy that God has that is a gift for you, that is bought, paid for with your name on it, it says there, from generation to generation. In a very real way, you can put your own name in there as well. You can say, the mercy of God is for those who fear Him, for Michael, and for you too. It says, for generation to generation. There's an old story about with mercy, about not receiving the punishment that I deserve. An old story about a, a young husband and father who was driving at night, and he was driving too fast. And as he was driving too fast, what of course happened? He gets pulled over by a policeman. And being pulled over by the policeman, the, the policeman gets out of the car with his big flashlight and he, in torch, and he's looking over the car, and the car is old and barely running. And then he comes up to the back seat of the car and he shines the light through the back seat of the car. And in the back seat of the small car are three child seats. And if you're anything like me, we had to buy a bigger car when we have three kids in child seats because those seats are wide. They have a little narrow little baby with a wide car seat. And when you get two, it gets tighter. Try to fit three and you're literally pushing them and squeeze. I had actually cut off the cup holders of the, of the things that make them fit in the car. And crammed in the back of this car are three car seats with three sleeping infants. He shines a light to the passenger seat in the front seat and his sleeping wife is, is lying there. And he looks at the man and finally shines the, the torch in the man's eyes and says, young man, you can't afford a ticket. Slow down. And so often we recognize we can't afford the payment for our sin. We, in a million, a billion lifetimes, could not pay the, and re, the, for the punishment for our sins. We can't afford it, so therefore we need mercy. So the question of today is this. Will you receive the mercy? To use that visual illustration, the gift that has your name on it. 
that's been bought, paid for, and delivered, and has the mercy of Jesus Christ inside of it, that says they're for generation to generation. With that, we have some benefits. In the book of Romans, chapter number 8, the first two verses there, the Apostle Paul lays out and gives us some wonderful truth in regards to how we now see life. In Romans chapter number 8, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. There's two words I want to point, point out there. The words are no condemnation. And if you are on the side right now where you're still asking, how can this be? How can God do this? You know what the scripture says? If you are in Christ Jesus, the Bible says that you are not condemned. To turn that around the opposite way, that means that we outside of Jesus Christ are guilty. We are condemned. Thank God we have Jesus Christ that we have, we're called not condemned condemned there's another word there it's the word free it says we are set free in christ jesus that is beautiful as a beautiful gift that we can receive that mercy that we receive that we are set free from our sin the opposite of that means that we are in bondage to our sin we're under bondage if you are outside of the mercy of jesus christ thank god for his mercy, where he declares us not guilty. He says, you are not condemned in Christ Jesus. You are set free in Christ Jesus. And we have some wonderful benefits of that. If you can imagine this gift with your name on it, inside of it has the mercy found in Jesus Christ. We have a couple of things, a couple of wonderful benefits. And the list is very long, but I'm just going to narrow it down to two benefits for us today. Two things that now we are in the wow, we get to enjoy. The first is Jesus is our advocate. An advocate is a go-between. He's the one that we have now confidence. When we pray, we pray in the authority of Jesus, in the power of the Holy Spirit, directly to God, the creator of the universe. And in 1 John chapter number 2, verse 1, talking about Jesus, it says, if anyone does sin, in other words, if anyone does wrong, which we've all done wrong, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus the righteous. He's our go-between. So therefore, no matter what you've done, if Jesus, you have the mercy of Jesus on your life, the Bible says that you are not condemned in Christ. At this very moment, the scripture teaches that Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. He's interceding. He's our advocate at this very moment. So therefore, I'm constantly in the wow going, God, look what you're continually doing for me. Look how you're changing my life. We also see that Jesus gives us confidence. Confidence to move forward in this life. Confidence when we receive that bad news from the doctor. Confidence when the, the, the uncertainty of tomorrow is seemingly overwhelming. It gives us confidence. And in Hebrews chapter number 4, verse 16, it teaches, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. 
We have confidence to move forward in this life, confidence in our, the fact that we have a purpose, confidence to one day stand before God as our Creator because of the mercy of Jesus Christ. That right there changes the way we view everything. Right now, you may have seen on the news, the police are advertising the fact that right now, if you speed on the roads, it's double demerits. So therefore, they're, they're trying to tell you to slow down. Now, for me personally, and I say this with all humility because I understand that the Bible says pride comes before the fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. I have personally have never received a ticket in Australia, so I have to, don't have to worry about demerits. I have plenty to give away. So the double demerits to me is not my motivation to, to stay slow. I have two motivations. First of all, it's a financial motivation. The second motivation is pure pride on my part, so I can tell my children, no, I've never got a ticket. <laughs> or tell their, their mother, I've never got a ticket. The motivation there is to slow down. But when you get pulled over, if you ever get pulled over, all you really want to hear from that police officer is, I'm going to give you a warning this time. You're wanting mercy. That's why that flash, when you go through a speed camera, has no mercy. It's a good illustration. There's no mercy in that, but you want to hear from the police officer, I'm going to give you a warning this time. I'm going to let you off this time. We have a wonderful gift given to us by God through Jesus Christ that gives us his mercy, not receiving the punishment that we deserve. And it's a gift that's been bought, paid for, delivered, and it has your name on it. So the question of the day is, what are you going to do with that? How are you going to accept and receive that gift? Or will you accept and receive that gift? Going back to Luke chapter number one, verse 50. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. God's mercy is for you. God has a gift and his name is Jesus Christ. So the key is to recognize that there's a gift. There's a big difference between cognitively or in your brain recognizing, okay, I believe there's a gift for me and my name on it. And you could be there today. Maybe you're still in that how stage. And you see that gift and you believe that there is a Jesus. You believe he came to earth. You believe that he, he died on the cross. And you, can, you believe that there could be possibly be mercy there for you. You could have salvation. And as you look at that gift, you can even believe, you know, I can believe there's my name on it. There's one more step to take. And that is accepting it for yourself. Once you believe something and like love and mercy, it always demands a response on our part. So the gift that God has for you this Christmas is not just to say, that's nice, thank you very much for that gift, thank you very much for mercy, I'm going to continue to live my life as if I didn't have it. Now it's receiving it for yourself. You can do that even where you're seated right now, acknowledging the fact that Jesus Christ is God, acknowledging the fact that you are a sinner in need of a Savior, and Jesus Christ came to earth and died on the cross for your sins. He rose from the dead. Sometimes people verbalize that in a prayer, but it's the belief in your heart that does the saving. If you would like it, or I would love to be able to open up the Bible at the end of the service and show you out of the Bible how you can receive that free gift of salvation for yourself. There's a statement and a question I have for you. The statement is this. 
recognize the wonderful gifts that you enjoy each day. Let me encourage you, recognize those gifts that, that are in front of us all the time, those seem, seemingly simple, mundane things. And as you begin to, to think about the things of God, we recognize there's some wonderful gifts given to us by God, and one of those is mercy, not receiving the punishment that I deserve. Recognize the wonderful gifts that you enjoy each day. Secondly is this. This is a question. What would your life be like if you accepted God's mercy today? And maybe you think to yourself, well, I've already done that in the past. I'm already in the wow stage. Then let's stop and begin to think about how we can live life differently. Because we receive mercy, let's start showing mercy to others. Let's show love and care to others. But maybe you're on the side right here where you're still in the how could God be doing this? And you begin to think, what would my life be like if I lived under His mercy? Go back to that Romans passage. It would be as if I lived in freedom, as if I lived not condemned. How would my life be different as a result? God invites you to receive his gift this Christmas season and no greater gift to be given. There's no greater for guys, you know, there's no greater pair of socks and undies that you're going to get this Christmas than the gift of mercy. And there's no greater gift that God could give to you than himself to you this Christmas season. So let me encourage you, don't miss this opportunity to live in the life that he has for you. Let me go through that series again. The light and the Emmanuel, the favor, and finally, everyone. 